Actually, not really a break. It's just uh, things have been very, very busy here, uh, which is a good thing because uh, I've been very busy with work. Um, I've had uh, a lot of patients. Uh, my caseload has been out of control, but it's also something that's given me a lot of fulfillment in life. So I'm very happy to like do what I do because that's really what I've worked for for a very, very long time, and just. Being able to change my passion is something that makes me feel really, really uh, good. But on the on the negative side of negative side of that, I've all, I've been too busy to do this show. And so, but we're back today. Uh, we're going to talk about what it is to be your authentic self. And there's a lot. That's a very complex subject because it's not it's not as simple as people might think to answer it. Because there's so many variables that go into having an authentic identity which is something that's unfortunately with the world that we live in very very rare and when you meet these people that are very authentic they tend to leave an impression on you because they have this sense of freedom about themselves that we don't necessarily envy but we definitely um, admire so that's one of the things that people that are very authentic uh, tend to offer and you know they're out there but there's not as many as as there should be and we're going to get into that as to the reason as to why and what we could do to get there ourselves with a lot of practice and and so that's what we're at that's what we're going to talk about today um once again you know life got in the way i i couldn't do a show last week um but i want to thank everybody that's been listening i know it's hard to listen to a guy talk for almost an hour that's why i try to keep these short but i've gotten a lot of good compliments from people and there's people out there that have definitely used these shows to kind of gain a better understanding of a lot of their behavior and that always makes me feel good because that's the point of the show um or else i wouldn't do it uh and you know if anybody has any questions for me uh, i am on twitter now i got a twitter account just for this show even though i don't like twitter uh it's, it's the dregs of society hang out on twitter and i don't like to be around that kind of negativity but i'm on there uh just to give people a forum to communicate with me uh that that on twitter it's uh edozelos 80 or shadows in the cave one of those two will get you to me on twitter um and if not then i'm also on dead boy lost in la on instagram you can send me a dm there if you have a question comment or complain whatever the case may be um but we're we're also on apple podcast we're we're on pretty much all the platforms where you could find your podcast um but we're definitely on apple apple podcast and you could leave us a review there uh preferably a five-star review so it could help us with the algorithm 
and and leave me a written review. I want to see what you think of the show and, and how it's impacted you or how upset you are, whatever the case may be. Drop me a review, a written review, and you know we'll work something out. So that's pretty much it as far as the opening plugs there. So I wanted to talk about a little bit the authentic self and what it means to be authentic. Well, first of all, it takes a lot of work to be authentic, but there's a lot of the reward that we reap from that from that work. It's definitely worthwhile. I mean, I think, you know, investing times in ourselves is something that is going to pay off in the long run, but it's going to give us a very a serene state of mind, which is where I think where we all want to be, right? I mean, I think at the end of the day, we want to be in that place where at three in the morning, our brain is quiet and it's peaceful. And, you know, a lot of times for most of us, it's not like that. For most of us, we're dealing with ruminating thoughts. We're, and sometimes we're dealing with intrusive thoughts, which are even more dangerous than ruminating thoughts. And, you know, we're dealing with the future. We're dealing with the past. And, you know, it's very hard to quiet our brain when we're anxious and have that anxiety flowing through us. And it's understandable that it's very frustrating. But a lot of that comes because most of us, unfortunately, live in fear. We live in, we live in a world where our cognition has been influenced by our families, by our culture, by our friends, you know, by our expectations. And this is a melting pot of anxiety that, we're, that, that we've created for ourselves within this culture. And what it does is that it robs us of our identity. It robs us of our authentic self because now we're playing a role for everybody around us, right? We're, we're, we're trying to act how we're supposed to act. And in, within that, we're sacrificing who we really want to be. And of course, that's going to lead to conflict within yourself. That's going to lead to questions. That's going to lead to anxiety, to depression, because you're you're not allowing who you really want to be to come out. And 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 so that's why in working with people that want to strive to be their authentic selves, we got to break it all down, and we got to break all their expectations and all their habits that they've accumulated from their culture and their family. Because once you break it all down, you start to see the authentic self and you start to see the core values that that person wants to have, right? And they're not the same for everyone. Um, this is not about being either a good person or a bad person. That's not what we're talking about. You know, good and evil have more to do with the options that we have in life rather than morals. And I'll probably do a show on that another time. But I'm talking more about having these core values, this ethics and trying to live by them regardless of how you have to behave and that's the hardest part but that doing that makes you an authentic person and that's where you want to be as a human being but you know you have to stop living in fear because when you live in fear you're guided by that fear that fear is guiding your behavior all right. And a lot of times we 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 put that fear into other things. You know, that fear could be created by trauma or that fear could be, uh, you know, exercised through addictions. So you have two things right there already guiding your behavior, either addictions or trauma. And they're going to they're going to make the decisions for you. Right. If you have abandonment issues, you're going to push people away. If you have uh 
if you if you've been uh, traumatized in your earlier years, sexually, physically, emotionally, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, you're gonna react uh, based on that fear that you attained when you first experienced that horrible event or that horrible uh, phase in your life. So that's where we all live. And the thing about our authentic selves is that it could be violated through many other different ways besides fear. It could be violated through the expectations that our family expects from us, right? It could be violated through uh, some of the pressures from our career, from our jobs. That's why it's very important that we line up our passions with our career because then you never have to worry about not being your authentic self if what your authentic self is doing what they what it wants to do for a living. Like myself, I love this job. I was born to do this. And I legitimately believe that because every time I go and, I, and, I, and I'm, I'm working with patients at the hospital and we're doing either group therapy or one-on-one -on -one therapy, I feel alive. I feel incredibly passionate about what I do and it's never worked for me, right? And I've been doing this for in one way or another for a few years now. So I, I have enough knowledge and experience to know if this wasn't for me, I would have started feeling it right now. This is what I love to do. And I love to continue learning about this. So this is something, this is a lifelong investment for me that matches up with my passions and with my spirit. And thus, it's promoting my authentic self, right? People that are in a job they don't love and they feel that, that they have to force themselves to go to work or they feel like the job is influencing their identity, then that's not, that's not, that's not, something that's promoting your authentic self that's something that's promoting you to change and become that job and that and that goes against who you are right so these are the things we got to think about and that's just one facet of it because there's so much more that goes into discovering our authentic self so we talked about not being guided by fear and which includes trauma which includes addictions which includes expectations we talked about uh, being in sync with your career and who you are as a person, making sure that you're doing what you love for a living, right? And if you put yourself in a position where your finances are not the uh, end-all, be-all, then you could pursue certain aspects of your passions and make a living, yes, but you're not going to get rich off of it, but you're going to get rich spiritually. And there's a lot of people that do that. I mean, I, I talk to people all the time who are live in a van they're, but they get to drive cross country. They get to take pictures of the world. They get to film the world, and they make enough to survive. But spiritually, they're rich, and you see it in them. You see it in their attitude and their and their mood. You know, they're very jovial and they're very happy, and they have this appreciation for life. And I've also talked to millionaires. I've literally talked to millionaires. I've had clients who who have millions of dollars in the bank who are miserable. Because that's not what that's not what they see themselves doing, and a lot of the aspects of their life that that have that have allowed them to make that kind of money have stripped them of their authentic selves. And so, you know, one of the earlier things I learned in my life is that it's not even you know material objects don't mean shit, and they don't they don't mean literally anything. You know, it's a nice little reward for yourself if you work hard. And Lord knows I treat myself quite a bit sometimes, but I never put a lot of stock in that because that's not going to get me through the rough nights, you know, relationships. This was going to get me through the rough nights, 
you know, connection, that human interaction is what's going to get me through the tough nights, uh, the understanding that I could help people. Uh, and, and that gives me that fulfill, fulfillment that I need to be able to get a good night's sleep. You know, understanding that my family is safe and healthy, that's going to get me a good night's sleep. You know, and taking care of my health, that's what's going to get me a good night's sleep. You know, because you could have a, a trillion dollars in the bank, but but if you ain't healthy, that ain't going to mean anything. So you, st- you start to understand as an authentic self what's important in the world and what's really worth going after, you know. And you, 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 look, you look at all the research with all the people that are uh, surveyed that are 75 and above. A lot of them are in their deathbed. And they always say they regret experiencing life. Right. That's one of the number one things they say. They, there's two things that you'll hear. You'll hear them say they regret experiencing life. Um, and by that, they mean taking chances, enjoying the world, you know, enjoying that connectiveness you have to the world because we are all, we we are connected to this world. You know, we are a living part of Earth. And if you really start to think about it like that, you start to understand that Earth is going to give you things that you're supposed to accept to make your life more enjoyable. And some a lot of us get caught in that rat race that we, we, we start for we stop forgetting that we're part of a bigger picture. Anyways, I digress. So they, a lot a lot of people that are older, um, they say, okay, well I, I didn't get a lot of exp- I wish I would have uh, had more experience or 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 lived a life with experience. Right? And then another another common answer is I wish I would have had more connection to people, right? I wish I would have had a, a social circle that I connected to uh, and, and that we kind of, uh, you know, developed a relationship. And by that, I don't mean having a thousand friends because it's like the old saying, go, you could be surrounded by a thousand people and feel completely alone, or you could have five good friends and feel like you're the most, you know, you're in the best company in the world, Right. Because it's all about how much how how vulnerable you could be in front of those people, right? Because when we're vulnerable with the people that we love, that there's there there is a joyful connection because of that. Because we start growing together, especially if we're mature enough to be in tune with with our feelings and with our peers and our friends, we develop deeper relationships with them. You know, there there's more than a super superficial level of relationship. When you connect at an emotional level with someone, and that those are the kind of relationships you want to have. You want to build these trusting, open communication, respectful, uh, boundary-driven relationships with people. And as you do that, you start to understand that you can be alone for a year, you know, locked in an apartment because of COVID, and yet you don't feel alone because you know there's so many people out there that love you and are waiting for you, and vice versa, right? We don't have this anxiety of feeling abandoned or this anxiety of being lonely because we've already conquered that because we have we have self-love and we've we know we've established relationships that are respectful and they're waiting for us, especially in situations like COVID. And when the time is right, we're going to be there for each other again. So these are the kind of relationships you want to build. And, you know, these are the kind of relationships that are going to take you through your through your years and in your different different uh, developmental stages throughout your life. And in order to do that, you have to really be an authentic, genuine person, because the more genuine and authentic that you are, the more 
your social circle is going to reflect that around you. If you if you live in fear, if you if you're constantly being being manipulated by your insecurities, that's that's the social circle that you're going to have. You're going to have a lot of back talkers. You're going to have a lot of gossipers. You know, you're going to have a lot of two faced people because everybody's scared. Everybody's scared to be who they are. So what they do is they start putting masks on to give that false impression just to keep the people around them because they're being manipulated by their by their fears. So, and part of that could be abandonment. And it's like, well, I need to be this. I need to play this role in order to for this person to like me. But you know what? I don't even really like this person. And a lot of times people don't really like that person because they don't really like themselves, which is a, you know pretty deep when you think about it. So then they start gossiping and then you create a social circle of just negativity and toxic friendships. And that's not what we want because those those have a purpose and people could survive on them, but they're not genuine. And you, what you see a lot of the time is that later on in life, there's a rift. And then people have a lot of animosity and resentment, and it's never really the same again, especially if the maturity level ain't there to really openly talk about the relationship. So, again, that's why it's very important that we have these genuine connections with people and, and, and be truthful about who we are, right? So what does that mean to be truthful about who we are? Well, that means accepting ourselves and everything that comes with us, right? Accepting that we are multifaceted people that have great qualities, that have strengths, but also have genuine uh, uh, things that they have to improve on. And the key here is to have an awareness of that and to have empathy for yourself, right? So that whenever you get triggered, you can do something about it. Because we, te- we tend to just ignore that. We tend to put it on the other people. Anything that, anything that we have to work on, we tend to put it on other people to deal with. And that's not fair. You know, we have to, the moment we become aware of something that we, that we could improve on. For example, let's say I have, uh, let's say I have like uh, anger issues, right? Let's say I have anger issues that are, that are from past trauma. So, you, you know, I'm aware of that. So every time I get triggered, I'm going to do my best to either apologize to the person that I've hurt because it, because it does fall on me or to avoid the situation that's going to trigger me because I understand what's going on. So if you notice, it's not about me getting rid of my anger issues. I mean, I'm working towards that. But sometimes these kind of traits are ingrained in us, you know, because they're, they're a defense mechanism from past trauma. So they're ingrained in us with who we are and thus all we could do is be self-aware and manage them you know um so at that point it's all it's a, it's all about accepting that we accept that we accept who we are we forgive ourselves from that because it really wasn't our fault and we do our best to become aware of our triggers and manage it manage it before it before something happens before the negative behavior happens okay but most people don't do that. Most people make justify their negative traits. They go around, you know, say they put it on the other person. You gotta, you know, uh, deal with me, or, they, or they'll be in denial about it. They'll never, they'll never be accountable for their negative traits, which is another bad thing that happens very common. Um, and, and so, again, if you're not aware of that, you know, you start victimizing yourself. You start thinking. 
why is it that I always live life and everybody's always so angry with me, but I'm such a nice person? It's like, no, you're probably not a nice person. You probably you probably create these scenarios, and that's why in your mind is this vicious pattern because you continually create scenarios to give you that pattern, and yet because you victimize yourself because you're in denial, you don't see your part in creating this drama with people around you constantly. See, and that and that's what being authentic self means. You have to acknowledge who you are as a person in every single way, shape, or form that you've built yourself to be. Not just being a good person or, or, or trying to be perfect or this, that, or the other thing. The, 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 these positive qualities that Western culture pushes on us. You know, that's not what being authentic means. Being authentic means that we're human beings. And human beings are constantly progressing. They don't come in fully formed. We're, we're constantly progressing and constantly moving f- forward and constantly learning from our mistakes. This idea of, okay, I put in my time, now I'm going to be perfect, doesn't work like that. But we still have to be empathetic towards other people when we hurt them, right? And so we have to be able to acknowledge when we're the ones that are that are at fault for our, our behavior uh, coming out in a negative way. That's being authentic. And acknowledging and apologizing for it and truly feeling sorry for what you've done. That's being authentic, right? Being authentic means not allowing yourself to be defined not only by your trauma, but also by your circumstances, all right? Being authentic means understanding that there's things you could control and there's things you cannot control. And all you could do is focus on what you could control. And that's it. I'll give you guys an example. So uh, a couple of days ago, I was I had a group of about 25 people. You know, <laughs> I've gotten pretty good at this. I've gotten pretty good at keeping the attention of, uh, of uh, just people in crisis. So, you know, usually I tend to have groups of about... 30 people. So just imagine 30 people that have mental illness and they and they and they run the range. I could have people that are completely out of contact. I could have people that are going through a psychotic break. I could have people that attempted suicide the night before that survived. And I could have people with situational depression or people that just have a mild anxiety. They're all in the same room and it's up to me to give them all interventions. So we're talking. So, you know, we're talking there. And I have a couple young girls, but one was 18, one was 19. And they were all up in arms about the hospital stay. They, 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 they felt disrespected. They felt their voices wasn't heard. And they were, they were very upset at the way the hospital staff had treated them up to that point. They started, they started saying that they're vulnerable and that they should be more respected and that they can't get past their trauma if they're going to come here. And this is a place of safety. And they, and, and they don't understand how it's not safe. And I brought up the idea of choice. And I brought up the idea of radical acceptance. Radical acceptance means that you radically accept your situation, you know, because I started breaking it down for these girls. I started talking about accountability, you know, because you just don't snap your fingers and all of a sudden you're in a room, in a group therapy room with with 28 strangers in in a psychiatric hospital. Let's talk about what happened for you to be here. Let's talk about the decisions that you made, because when I talk about choice, I talk about when we have the option of choosing a direction, 
we're not only accountable for that first choice we're accountable for the for what happens after that we make that decision so if you if you had a little too much to drink and then you ended up cutting your wrist and you and you have a 5150 on you and you can't leave the hospital then you have to be accountable for that decision no matter why you made that decision that's for us to help you with but at the end of the day you have to be accountable for that decision right or any other thing you know or if you decided to get aggressive at the supermarket and you told the paramedics that you were going to beat them up and they felt that you needed some psychiatric help you made that decision so i talked about that with these girls i said listen if if it's not about what you could do to change your situation is how you're going to react to the situation that you're already in. That's the key. So you're here. You're here at the hospital. You could sit here and jump off up and down these walls, but how is that going to be reflective of your time here? All that's going to happen is that you're not going to work on yourself. You're going to go back out there. to the, You're going to get discharged, go back out there, and then end up back here because you never att- attended to your mental health. Instead, you were upset at the environment. And... I always validate their feelings because you never want to invalidate. Remember, I've, I've done episodes in the past. There is no judgment. Nobody's going to judge anybody here. And I want to really make sure that I understand why they're so upset. And, and to a certain degree, I also understand that the hospital staff could be very insensitive. So I'm constantly walking that tightrope of judgment because I don't like to pass judgment on anyone because nobody really deserves that because we're all just reacting to what we know. And so I, I validate their feelings of it. I don't challenge them. I don't, I don't tell them that the hospital's great, even though I work for it. I don't tell them this, that, or the other thing. I just I make sure they understand that I understand what they're going through and that I really understand that they deserve to feel that the way they do. But then I present the option of, well, instead of focusing on the, the hospital staff and the fact that they're evil, why don't we turn it around on them and use this time to focus on you. Let's talk a little bit about what brought you here. Let's talk a little bit. Because at the end of the day, you you're st- you still came here for a reason. This hospital stuff happened afterwards. There's reasons why you're here. So let's focus on that. Because I can't control the hospital staff as a therapist. I can't do that. But what I could do is use my time to help you. So let's, t- let's both take advantage of that. And let's make that decision to, to use that time. And we did that. And it worked out beautifully. Both of the girls were very grateful. I ended up doing one-on-one sessions with both of them later on. And the whole point of this is that when you talk genuine and with an authentic sense of self to people, they tend to believe you. And also when you present choices that does not disrespect how they feel, which is another trait of an authentic person, then you tend to have more credibility with people. Right? You can't go there. You can't you can't constantly see an inauthentic person because they're 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 living their life through fear. They're constantly trying to build themselves up. You know, people that are scared, people that are angry, people that that are that are being guided through trauma, their entire life is how do I build myself up with something that I don't have, which is love. And so what they do is they try to bring other people down because if you bring other people down is a is the cliche thing of a bully, right? Being bringing other people down it's going to build me back up. But it's all superficial and fake. You know, you don't have, it, it, it's not long lasting. It's not, it's, not, it's not as permanent as loving who you are as a person and accepting yourself. When you, when, when you have respect for yourself, when you love yourself, you don't have to tear anybody down. Because 
you start to empathize with people. You start to understand what you're doing to them. And you, you're confident in yourself to say, I'm going to go home tonight and I have a great life. I don't have to prove anything to anyone, right? Because I'm not scared. And the opposite of that is people that are scared. They tend to constantly invalidate people's feelings. You know, they're, they're the kind of people that would turn great news and they always just hit you with that devil's advocate, you know, uh, opinion, right? And it's like, why, why do you do that? And, and, and so you see that a lot. And those are the people that live in fear. And so authentic people have the, this capacity to, because they're already straight, they're set. They've already put in the work. They've already understand that they're being driven by their passions, by their core beliefs, by their values. And they also have the self-awareness to understand that they at one time were probably not being guided by the more, most healthy logic, but they put in the work to understand what was guiding my behavior. What, what were my fears? Okay, here they were. I choose to come to terms with those fears. I choose to come to terms with that trauma. And I'm going to live life authentically, right? Whatever that, whatever that may be, it depends on the person. And so... You create this balance of respect. You create this balance of understanding. Because a lot of people think, oh, authentic self just means you have a microphone and you can say whatever the fuck you want and because that's how you believe and everybody has to accept it. That's not what authenticity is. That's, that's going back to fear. That's going back to trying to scream the loudest to get your point across without having anything to say. That's what that is. So there's going to be uh, circumstances where you got to stand up for yourself because authentic people... Don't get it confused now. An authentic person is not a nice guy or a nice woman, right? Nice people, extremely nice people. That's the biggest con job in the world. I'm going to tell you that right now because this culture has, has uh, made it quite noble to be nice. But you know what you end up when you're, where you end up, what ends up happening when you're nice? You become a doormat. And it's like I told my teenage uh, nieces the other day. What happens with a doormat? And they answered correctly. They were like, everybody steps on it. And, and she, they were right. So being a nice person is not the key to have to being your authentic self. Gauging a situation is the key to being your authentic self, right? Having the mindfulness to understand who you're who you're affecting with your actions and how they're going to benefit you or how they're going to hurt you in the long run, right? So there's times when you should speak up because there's times when you're going to see things that go against your morals and your ethics, your legitimate core beliefs, right? And there's times when you have to be passive because you understand that no matter how much you invest in this argument, the end result is probably not going to be much of an improvement. But at the same time, you're also going to hurt somebody else. So there's times to shut up and there's times to fight. And that's what an authentic person does. And they follow their core values to the bitter end. Because a lot of times, what a lot of times what leads to a lot of our anxiety is that we think we have core values and we think we have these ethics and morals and core beliefs. But really what we do is that we fluctuate them. We 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 adjust them to the situation. And then when we adjust them too much to go against who we really want to be, that's when we get anxiety. Because it's like now we're really going against something we're not. And we tend to do that a lot as a, as a society. We tend to go, okay, well, I believe in this, I believe in that. And then when it's time to really prove your mettle, 
you kind of back off and you adjust them and then you justify why you did that. That's not being authentic. That's that's playing a role, which is the opposite of being authentic. That that that's giving into the expectation of your social uh, circle or your community. That's not being authentic. You know, being authentic means performing to your core values even when it goes against the grain. That's being authentic. And we've seen a lot of great artists and a lot of great leaders do that because they're authentic people and they believe in their cause and they don't they, they, they don't they're not like a willow tree where they go back and forth depending on the on the necessity of the of the situation because that that's being fake and no matter how you justify it even you say well i'm gonna tweak it a little for this situation that's it you already have bargained with yourself and you've already lost so being authentic also means having core values that you abide by daily and it's hard it's very hard because sometimes this world pushes us to go against that or it punishes us for having these core values that we believe in that are positive core values but we the more you perform as an authentic person the easier it is to stay true to who you are and that's one of the hardest things to do sometimes because just to get there means that you have to go through a lot of years of, of social manipulation that you've already kind of uh, interpreted and received. So it's very difficult sometimes. But it is important that we have a lot of self-knowledge and are not scared. We cannot be scared to continuously learn more about ourselves. That's the thing that, that separates an authentic person from an inauthentic person because an inauthentic person will get once you push certain boundaries about who you are and you start getting scared about parts of you that you don't like you'll kind of turn it around and say nope I, i'm gonna go back to wearing that mask i don't like this and, and you're back to being fake you're back to being inauthentic and that's gonna lead to, to anxiety and depression and all that stuff because you're not who you really are you know so you have to continuously learn about yourself and accept yourself you know if if, if you start if you start feeling negative emotions don't suppress them. Try to find out why. Why Why do you do that? You know, I'll give you guys, I'll disclose something about myself. Like for a long time, I was having trouble with like domestic violence, uh, uh, you know, like in couples therapy when I was doing couples therapy um, or even like a, like a one-on-one with a female. Like I felt so helpless and I was starting to have what we call, um, I, I was starting, I, I was, I was trying um, what we call counter-transference where it was like that person was putting all her emotions and feelings on me and I was accepting them and becoming the person that she was fearing not 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 in a verbal or physical sense of course because that's an ethical just more in the vibe of the room and so I, I, I rather than me allowing her to figure out her own situation I started getting triggered and I started thinking how is this woman going to survive when she leaves this, this office because when she leaves this office she's going to go right back to that domestic situation and it's going to be right back to where she was and i started feeling sorry for her so as you could see that i started getting emotionally involved and it's like that's not what you're supposed to do i'm supposed to guide her through a lot of her drama and give her perspective and she's supposed to find her own answers and that's how that's how therapy works and it works beautifully and we have a lot of different interventions and tools to do that but in this particular case and it was just it wasn't just one case it was a pattern um i i started i started having the transference i started kind of feeling that emotion and then i i started feeling helpless because i couldn't help them and so 
that but I but then I because because I put in work into myself I started becoming self-aware and I started acknowledging it and rather than suppress it and say well no I, I have all this education and I could do this and that and I, I, that don't bother me because I'm awesome I didn't do that because that would only made it worse I, I radically accepted a thing that I have to improve on and I started questioning why is this affecting me and I went to my supervisors who are psychologists and I went and I went to my own therapist and we talked and, and we, we concluded some very positive things that I'm not going to get into here. And now I'm able to do my job better because now I have that awareness and that acceptance. See, that is that insecurity that I have didn't go anywhere because it's ingrained trauma as far as dealing with uh, domestic violence victims. But what I did is that I was able to have positive coping skills for it, you know, and that's helped me. And that's the thing about being an authentic self. And that's the thing about being alive here in general on this earth, which is something I have in common with all you listening. It's not about avoiding bad situations because that's life. And honestly, you know, a bad situation and a beautiful situation is two sides of the same coin. And one gives the other one value, right? Because without one, you can't have the other. And so the idea here. It's not about avoiding bad situations. The idea here is what can we do to possibly cope with those bad situations? You see the big difference there? And I think a lot of times we put our head in the sand or we going back to what I said earlier, we live in fear because we don't want to confront those bad situations. So we avoid them as much as possible. But in doing that, we avoid living life and we kind of stay stuck. So it's all about I'm going to I'm going to face this head on. But what could I do as a person to cope with it in a positive way because either way bad days happen and they happen with all of us and so we're gonna we're gonna cope in one or two ways either a positive way or a negative way either we're gonna go home and eat a bunch of hamburgers and french fries or we're gonna go home and we're gonna go to the gym either way they're dealing they're dealing with the same problem and so the coping mechanisms are gonna be there it just decides which one we choose and that's really what it comes down to when living a productive healthy life and a, and a life full of, of fulfillment um, because I don't believe in like extreme happiness. That's actually, I would, I would be very concerned if anybody that I see euphoric all the time, that's not even normal. <laughs> that's a conversation for another day, but there is a certain sense of contentment and fulfillment that we, that could keep us leveled throughout our life. You know, we don't have to live depressed either. Those are, you know, being euphoric and being depressed are two extremes, but there is a middle ground and a lot of it is just with self-acceptance and being content with our productivity and our definition of life. That's really what it comes down to. But anyways, I'm getting a little long in the tooth here. There's still so much to cover um, with this topic, but I'll, I'll get to it another day. It just at the end of the day, we really want to try to be an authentic person because it really does help our self-esteem. And it really does allow us to search for that enlightenment that spiritual enlightenment that we're all looking for that allows us to be at peace and, and quiets our mind because we've accepted everything. We've accepted the negative side of who we are. We've accepted that we have something to offer. We, we accepted that we're very unique to this world and that each and every one of us has a very unique light that we have to offer. And at the same time, you know, we're constantly trying to improve who we are. And at this end, while understanding that the people around us are also working on themselves, or even then, 
have certain ignorance about life. So we, we, we shouldn't judge them. Rather, we should try to work with them. Right. And if they're very toxic, then you remove them from your life. So th the thing is, you know, we cannot allow behavior from other people to influence who we are and how we feel if we have that self-love already within us. So I think that's very important. And I and at the end of the day, if you continue to be someone you're not, what you're really telling yourself is that you is that it really isn't OK to be who you are. And so hiding or suppressing who you are can end up like leaving you feeling lonely or disconnected from others or even like worthless like and that's that that's really the danger in all this so trying to be okay with who you are is is critical to your success as a human being now i will say one last thing before we go like there is something to be said about feeling good with social conformity because at the end of the day as social creatures you know, going back through evolutionary psychology, a lot, a lot of our, uh, a lot of our, our motivation to be alive is connected to conform with other people. That and, and social media has been a great, great social experiment improving this because you'll see little trends that pop up, and then all of a sudden everybody's following those trends because we all want to be part of something, right? As human beings, as as you know. Um, collectivist cultures that we've become in a lot of ways we want to be a part of something so we're constantly our anxiety could be quelled and we're part of that and that's fine i mean if you take it to the extreme it's going to end up hurting you because then there's so many other things that could go on you know, like comparing yourself to others or going back to the social expectations but i think the idea here is allowing yourself to be part of a system while, while at the same time giving you the right and you know being okay with getting out of the system and i think that's the hardest part for a lot of people because we become so embedded in social conformity that we forget we have the option of seeing everything from a from a mountaintop right and and, and you could see how chaotic social conformity could be sometimes but it makes us feel good because for survival purposes, we need other people. So it's okay to go back down from that mountain and join the people and, 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 and engage in behaviors that are, that are going to give you that sense of fulfillment. But at the same time, with that, with that third eye perspective of like, I'm very aware of what's going on rather than just giving into it and allowing it to overcome you. Does that make any sense? I, I'm, I'm sorry I'm rambling about that. But anyways, well, thank you for, for listening. Um, I'll, I'll continue this topic because there's still so much to talk about about the authentic self. And again, you could hit me up on Erosellos80 on Twitter or Shadows in the Cave on Twitter. And you could ask me questions there or Dead Boy Lost in LA on Instagram. And I'll be more than happy to have a conversation with you. Um, again, look at us um, look look us up on a lot of the podcast apps that you guys listen to. We're on Stitcher, Google Play. Apple uh, podcast, whatever they're called nowadays, and leave us a review. And with that in mind, I want to thank you guys, and we'll catch you down the road. Bye.